it's Chris Moore on the radio with you. And as I approach the anniversary of 9-11 today, with, I, I do so with some cautiousness, knowing that what I'm about to say will be rejected by many of you. Nevertheless, I feel the need to speak my mind. Most of you know that I'm a Vietnam vet, and having seen war up close and personal, it has uh, affected me and my outlook on the nature of war and just how horrible it is. Uh, I do not claim, as I told to um, Rose, I do not claim to be any Audie Murphy like war hero, nothing of the sort, but I saw enough of war up close and personal to know that I don't like it. Uh, when I think about 9-11, I think about the tragedy and those horrible deaths of people in the World Trade Center Twin Towers. It was the first time that that kind of war had come to our nation's shores with these kinds of huge casualties. And I think a number of people were truly shocked by it. Let's take a look back at that fateful day that they called 9-11 and see how the deaths of those Americans in the towers led to hundreds of thousands of more deaths worldwide. According to an article in antiwar.com, uh, the first world leader to call President George W. Bush after 9-11 was Vladimir Putin. Did you know that? In fact, he had called him two days before on September 9th to warn Bush that based on unfolding events he had observed in the environment, he had a, quote, foreboding that something was about to happen, something long in preparation, end of quote. Watching the Twin Towers being struck, Putin immediately phoned President Bush to offer his condolences and understanding, as many other world leaders did too. When his call couldn't reach Bush because he was on Air Force One, Putin immediately spoke to Condoleezza Rice, asking her to pass his message on to Bush. The next morning, morning Putin reached Bush and assured him that in this struggle, we stand together. Putin offered more than understanding and standing together. He offered total support for whatever Bush decided to do. He and Bush later spoke on the phone for 40 minutes. The next Monday, Putin offered to share intelligence with the United States to permit the U.S. to use Russian airspace for humanitarian assistance, to participate in search and rescue operations, and to increase military assistance to the Northern Alliance in Afghanistan. Even stunned the Americans by offering after an initial hesitation and against the advice of senior Russian military commanders to allow U.S. troops in Central Asia. Uh, the U.S. would establish bases in Kyrgyzstan and Uzbekistan. Russia's intelligence sharing was of great value because during its own war in Afghanistan, it had gained detailed knowledge of the country. In a speech in Washington in November 2011, Putin said it is very important that the interaction between our countries in fighting terrorism does not become a mere episode in the history of Russian-American relations, but marks the start of long-term partnerships and cooperation. You know, I think it's uh, terrible that we turn down their support and so many other things um, and in return, Russia got Iran less nothing. All the U.S. gave them was a membership in the axis of evil. Russia, China, and Iran, which also offered some aid, um, three of America's arch enemies, all offered their hands in friendship after 
Those hands were full of not just words, but real support. The world might be just a little better today had the U.S. taken those hands and, as Francis Richards said, shown gratitude and given as well as taken. But we didn't. We invaded Iraq, then Afghanistan, and the beat of war goes on. All right, let's go back to the phones. And Ron in California, you're on KDK. Yes, sir. I, I had originally called to talk about the Flint's and uh, uh, Jacksonville, Mississippi. You can talk about that. Well, you opened up. Well, that's environmental and social racism in my mind, those two sites. But I'm going to jump back because you opened up with the Soviet thing. Back in 1988, with students uh, in service, we worked on a project called the Soviet American Peace Walk, the finale concert, which was a people-to-people event. Gorbachev was involved, our president, and George Shultz, and they allowed 200 Soviet citizens plus people to walk, bus across the U.S. and meet American citizens, understand them, argue, have a good time, eat with them, saw the plenty that we had. Came back to San Francisco where I produced the Soviet American Peace Walk, the finale concert with people like the, from the Grateful Dead and all kinds of groups, all kinds of multicultural, multiracial groups. And that was a celebration. But it began with people to people, students interacting, people interacting. And that was a time that the, that the, the Soviet Union came. And when they went back home a year later, the Soviet Union was no longer. They saw the riches of the world and whatever corruption took place thereafter. But that was a time of peace. That was a time of people talking with each other, communicating. Student service that was supported by our friend at USF School of Law, Bob Talbot, who recently passed away. That's why it was in his mind. Gorbachev recently passed away. Where can we get back to people to people? We have the power today. I had to be on the phone at midnight to get to Moscow to talk to people at that time. Now we have the Internet in full-fledged. Where can we get down to it? Students, seniors, people in between communicating with each other. We're all human beings. We're good. We already have enough to wipe out the entire evolution of humanity mm-hmm. with the resources that we have. We need to turn that around quickly. We already screwed up the environment. We've got to catch up with that. California... Uh, most people are trying to get out of town, not into town. I, I, Chris, I'd love to hear your comment on that and where you involved with student journalism, how that can be manifested. Bring, bring us back to talking with people. We well, have to. Well, we have to I am out. involved in student journalism for 36 years. I, I have know ta- taught students uh, uh, journalism, and what I urge them to do is not what I did: uh, seek a job when they graduate. Uh, with all the things that we have now, uh, you talk about what happened then and how people came together. Uh, I think the Internet can be used uh, for that kind of powerful thing. I think for the the price of uh, a good computer, some editing software, and a smart idea, young people can have their impact on the world now and talk about peace rather than war. Well, the, the benefit of potential. Young people, they're looking towards the future. Let's show them where a future can be and get rid of some of this negative. The, the media has really, it loves to have news stories. It'll, it'll forget yesterday's news in a minute so they can grab on something else. Why can't students get out there and get out there and do this, as you're saying, not only being reporters, but becoming interactive on a global level and get out there. And understand, you've got to be able to have an intellectual interpretation of what's a, what's a bunch of noise so that you, have, you can actually truth task 
and get out there and see what's right and have a, a basic feeling. So I think the journalism classes to start with are really important because they give a person an idea of what might be out there, but not only that, what they, how they can decipher from basically fake news, false news, propaganda, sales, to a reality of substance. Well, that, that's part of what we teach in, in these workshops. Unfortunately, because of COVID, we haven't done them in two years. Uh, but that's part of what we teach. How do you sort the wheat from the chaff with all the stuff that's out there coming at you left, right, and sideways? And we, we try to tell them how to do that um, in many ways. Well, you have the Internet. I didn't have that in, in, in my high time in my younger day over 34 years ago. But they have it. You're in the right place at the right time, and you have the right substance because right now you have a, you have a platform to work from. And giving them that... That's an accommodation to a good citizen. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, Ron. And anytime you're welcome to call back and talk about Jackson, okay? <laughs> thank you. All right. Uh, let's go to Smacky, the clown. Stop clowning around, Smacky. One word answer. No. No. 